Today I want to talk about the justification and the power of righteousness. Um, and we're going to use Acts 13, and I'm going to read from verse 28. And this is the Apostle Paul explaining what he understood the gospel to be. As I was preaching in Germany now and, and, and just sharing with people from my heart and uh, just speaking through an interpreter, it just gives a person so much more time to, to think about what you say and to have, you know, in, in your message and just to flow with the Holy Spirit. And I, I was so happy to be able to share a gospel that makes sense, a gospel that actually carries the power to save us from sin, to save us from death. One thing we need to realize, church, is that God has not come in Jesus Christ to save us from His anger. He has not come to save us. Jesus has not come to save us from uh, an angry Father. Uh, he has come to save us from sin and death. Uh, God is on our side. He's not on the side of sin or death. He's not um, having his actions and who he is founded in what we've done wrong. He looks at us. He sees us as, um, as people to whom he cannot impute their trespasses. And he imputes it to something else uh, which is called death and uh, he comes and take away death to take away death to take away sin and to give us the justification of life now let us read from verse 28 and we just see what uh, the apostle paul says here he says and though they found no cause of death in him yet desire they pilate that he should be slain so they said that in jesus was no cause for death what that means is that Jesus had no, uh, broken no law or he has done nothing worthy of death as pertaining to his own works. There was no cause for death. So if he should die, what death would he die? He would die the death of the human race that is the death that he would die and he says and when they had fulfilled all that was written of him they took him down from the uh, sorry um so what they did was they yes it's correct and when they had fulfilled all that was written of him they took him down from the tree and laid him in a grave and god raised him from the dead and he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto our fathers, God has fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus again, and it is also written in the second psalm, You are my son, this day I have begotten you. And as concerning that, he raised him up from the dead. Now no more to return to corruption. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore, 
He says also in another place, you shall not suffer your Holy One to see corruption. Um, for David, after he served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, or he died, and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. Now, before I read verse 38, which is the punchline of this whole thing, let me explain what Paul is saying here. Paul comes and he says, I've got good news for you. There is a man to whom the promises that the Father, that, that God made to our forefathers, which we have heard about, which is eternal life, has been fulfilled. And that promise of eternal life is not only fulfilled towards our forefathers, because God promised them, but its fulfillment actually has effect on us now, and we are now the heirs of what God promised the forefathers. And what He promised was eternal life. And He comes and He says, Jesus had no cause for death. This is very important uh, that Paul say that. Um, yet He fulfilled all the scriptures and He died. They laid Him in a grave. Then after that, he rose again and appeared for many days to many witnesses, to many people that are now testifying of the fact that there was a man raised from the dead. Now, um, that is a powerful, powerful message because Paul comes and he says here that we can now declare good news to you. And this is the good news. God has promised that He will overcome sin and that He will overcome death and we can see the firstborn from the dead, which is Jesus. So He says, when Jesus was raised up from the dead, God said, this day I have begotten you. You are my son. What does that mean? That means that uh, the adoption of a son or when God uh, took Jesus and declared him as his son was the day he was raised from the dead. And in the very same way, there will be many sons glorified, which talk about us. And what, did, what was the context that Paul shared this in? Paul shared this adoption of sons. Paul shared the declaration or when Jesus was begotten as the Son of God, as victory over death. Now, the big question, and, and I've also explained this yesterday, last night. The big question is this. If Jesus had no cause for death and he died, whose death did he die? Now, he died the death of those whose sins he carried. Whose sins did he carry? That of the whole world. So he died your death. So what, what Jesus did was the following. He believed that the Father would raise him up from the grave. So he believed, although he was carrying the sin of the world, although he was taking the death of all people on him, that the promise of the Father is more powerful than death. And he believed the Father. 
And when he believed the Father, and the Father raised him from the dead, he conquered your sin, and he conquered your death. Which means that you don't have to conquer your sin, you don't have to conquer death. Jesus has done that, and he was raised up by the Holy Spirit. After he was raised up by the Holy Spirit, he was seen of many people proving what kind of salvation he would bring, proving what kind of victory he would have, or that he has. He has conquered all sin, and this is what the Bible also says, once a person has died, he's died to sin and can sin no more. <laughs> Isn't that powerful? And then he says uh, that he can die no more. So he conquered death. My death, my sin, your death, your sin. He has conquered it. So that we don't have to try and conquer it by our own power. This spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead was then, at the day of Pentecost, poured out on all flesh, meaning it was available for Jew and Gentile, for everybody. To do what? To raise us up in the same victory as what Jesus has. So here is a word from God. What is the word from God? The word from God is, I promise you life. And God comes and He takes a man puts the sin of the whole world on him, there's no cause for death in him, yet he dies. And then he was raised. And when he was raised, the Apostle Paul said, and we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God has fulfilled the same unto us, their children. So God promised the fathers, He promised Adam, He promised Abraham, He promised all those people, immortality, resurrection from the dead, a Messiah, eternal life. That's what He promised, where they will not taste corruption, where they will not die. Here He comes and He says, you know that that, um, that promise was now fulfilled unto us. How? By this Jesus. So, um, he says here that he was begotten from the dead, he was raised up from the dead, never to return to corruption, um, and then he comes and he declares something very powerful in verse 38. He says, Jesus was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit, meaning he conquered all sin, he conquered all death. And then he says, be it there." Be it known unto you, men and brethren, that through this man is preached or declared unto you forgiveness of sins, meaning deliverance from sins. And then he explains what he means. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Now let me explain this. The Jewish people believed that they could be justified from, uh, um, you know, uh, 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 death or the curse by obeying the law. Now, 
What that means is they thought that if I can have good principles and follow those principles, then I will not come into the curse. That's what they believe. And then I'll live a blessed life. That's what they believed. So they would be justified from, away from the curse, away from sickness, away from disease, away, especially Jews especially believed, away from poverty, and they would, and they would be justified with um, eternal life in the reign of the Messiah by a certain way, a certain pathway, which was called the law of Moses. And what Paul comes and he does here, he comes and he writes and he says, Men and brethren, let me explain something to you. The law could never justify you with life. Let me put it in other words, the law can never justify you with a pure motive. The law can never justify you by having true kindness. The law is a command on what you need to do if you, it's in your heart or not. It's an outside commandment. It's got nothing to do with your heart. It's got nothing to do with bringing you what God has promised you. Um, to put it this way, if I say to you that you can have um, eternal life, meaning, and I want to justify, I want to explain what I mean. Eternal life meaning that you will never die. You will never become old. You will never become gray. You will always look 18 years of age. You will, you will always be young for a million years and never die. If I say that here is a command to you, love your neighbor and you will have eternal life. You need to really be a kind neighbor to love to, to, to save yourself from eternal death by being kind to your neighbor. Your kindness to your neighbor can never save you from death. Now, the Bible says that because we are in a system of death, that is why sins and all those things manifest in us. So, um, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Now, if you cannot conquer death, um, by being kind to your neighbor. If you cannot conquer death by your prayer life, in other words, pray sincere enough that you through your prayer can be justified with immortality, never to die, to forever stay young. We will not even, we can't even think of that. It's like, Bertie, what are you trying to say? We know that's not possible. In the very same way, as impossible as what it is to conquer death by being kind to your neighbor, that is how impossible it is to conquer sin by the law. That's how impossible it is to be justified, in other words, to have what God has promised you by the power of the law. So what he says here is everything that the law of Moses could not justify you of. The law says you should not walk in lust. And you, the harder you try, the more you walk in lust. And the law cannot justify you. In other words, give you a life where you are set free from these desires. It can't justify you. And what he's declaring here is that the, the resurrection power of Christ comes and gives us what belongs to us, which God has promised us. And through the name of Jesus is declared unto us the deliverance of sin. 
What that means is that Christ comes and lives his life in you. You know, we have reduced uh, sin to uh, just a legal stand wherein we see God as not angry because we've done something wrong. And now Jesus came and uh, took away the anger of God. So now while we do something wrong, God is not angry and glory to God. Well, you know, there's a certain truth in that, and that is that God is not angry. Now, God was not, has never been angry. Now, you might say, Bertie, now you're really crazy. Uh, understand the context wherein I say this. When a slave is enslaved, God is not angry with a slave because he must make a hundred bricks. Neither is God angry with a slave if he can only make 80. What, what God can be angry about is that you are making bricks for a living or that you are doing good works to be alive and that you're enslaved to that. Yes, so I don't say God cannot be angry. What I'm saying is our understanding of anger was wrong and our, therefore our understanding of redemption was wrong. So Christ comes to save us from death. He comes to save us from our sin. So forget about the thing, is God angry or not? Does he accept me or not? You, he's loved you always. He's given his son to the world that hated him. His, his, um, his, his passion towards you was revealed in Christ. He loved the world. He's, was, he's accepted the world. And now, he even by his, in his love for us, he comes with this wonderful message of what the law could not set us free from, he came to set us free from. He's got the power and the, uh, to raise Christ from the dead. All the death and all the sin of all the world could not withhold the Spirit of God raising Jesus from the dead um, when Jesus believed the Father, that the Father could raise him from the dead. And now that same Spirit is given to us, we see how the Spirit conquered death, we see how the Spirit conquered our death, conquered our sin, for Jesus lives in an eternal life where He can never sin, where He can never die, and that Spirit was given unto us, and by that Spirit we say to God, Abba, Father, and as Jesus was begotten from the dead, we shall also be begotten from the dead by the very same Spirit. And we see the fruit of that now as God conquers sin in our life. Now, I want to use an example. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the other day we went to a beautiful castle um, in the southern parts of Germany, Neuschwanstein Castle. I think it's the most beautiful castle in the world. And uh, uh, as we went there, there was a lot of um, uh, uh, people. There were a lot of, lot of people. And uh, as you're walking there, you know, I was thinking by myself and I was, and then I started to speak to Helena. I said to Helena, you know what? As I'm walking here, I find the selfishness inside me. And I'm thinking, you know, basically, I wish all these people that are walking here weren't here. And I just had this place just for myself. And, um, and I was thinking, basically, just selfish thoughts. And when I was thinking that, there was with that a hope that came to my heart as I was thinking about the gospel. Because I said to Eliana, I said, well, you know, Eliana, these people that walk here, 
God doesn't feel that they irritate him and that he needs some time alone. He, he loves them. He, he wants to be with them. He says, this is my destination. This is, this is where I want to live forever. I want to be with him forever. Now, please hear, I'm not saying that we cannot have time alone. Jesus even himself went and, and uh, uh, hid himself from the people and he had some time alone in prayer with the Father and that kind of a thing. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about selfish thoughts here. And um, as I said that, I also said to Elena, you know, I'm so happy that I don't have to conquer this in my own life. I've got a wonderful word that Jesus was raised by the Holy Spirit from the dead, never to see corruption, never to be able to walk in sins. And I have received the spirit of the promise which was made to our forefathers, Abraham and, and those, that we would have eternal life. That was promised us. It was promised to the people of old. Jesus came, was raised from the dead by the Spirit. He conquered my sin. He conquered my death. Therefore, I know that the Spirit that indwells me is more powerful than any sin or any death and that I don't have to try and change this, but that I can believe and make myself available for the justification where I can go to a place and actually enjoy it. doesn't matter how many people there are. Now today, Elena um, and I, we married 21 years and uh, um, we just said today we're just going to go to a, I think it's called the Koenigsee or something, beautiful place here in, in also in southern parts, southern parts of Germany and, and then we went into Austria and at the, that's where I'm at the moment in the hotel room here in Austria. And um, as, <clears throat> as we did this and there was just so many people at this place as well. The, the boat we went on on this beautiful lake um, was jam-packed. And you know what? I just found that it really didn't frustrate me. And, you know, I was actually realizing that now while I was <laughs> speaking to you. It just comes so naturally. Just find the Lord bringing, uh, uh, bringing this, giving birth to this. And, and as I was saying to the Lord... Um, Yesterday, I said, you know, I'm available for this. It's actually a scary thing to say, well, Lord, you know, I'm available not to be irritated with too many people around me when I want to maybe be alone for a moment or whatever. It's like, no, I want to, I, I, I want to, I, I have my right and I have this. But when I just said, Lord, you know, I don't even want to think of what's right and what, what isn't right. I just want to say my life is fully available for your resurrection power and there's things in my life that I can never conquer by my own power, but I've got a wonderful word here, and it's, 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 and I can, it's declared unto me, and I declare unto you, church, that be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin, the deliverance, the setting free of sin and where you knew what was the right thing to do and you couldn't do it and, you, and the law couldn't justify you with true peace couldn't justify you with true life that Jesus justifies you with that and who will have that those who believe
So if you don't believe this, you know you will not have that justification. As simple as that. It's not God says, I will not forgive you. I will not be angry with you. No. As we believe this truth, we find the truth enter our hearts. And that spirit gives birth to that life in us. So forgiveness is not about God not being angry. Forgiveness is about God giving you his life. Glory to God. Amen. You are justified from everything. You could not be justified by laws, rules, and regulations. Um, I want to end off by saying this. As you find things in your life that's very difficult, you know, you find you cannot love your father, you cannot love your mother, you cannot be kind to people or anything, why don't you just go and say, the, the law that says, honor your parent, cannot bring honor in my heart for my parent or for my child or for my father or mother or authority over me or boss or whatever. But God conquered everything that destroys our lives and He comes and gives me uh, and gives birth to, justifies me with a life that is just in accordance to what he's planned for us. Justify, you know, I, I remember also years ago I said it was just as if I have never sinned. Man, that is rubbish definition. Justify is not just as if I've never sinned in a legalistic context of I've, I, I, I haven't done a sin. No, justified means that God had an original plan with us and it is unjust that we uh, don't have that life and be taken away into slavery and bondage. And as we believe Him that He restores our life and we can see the proof of how He's conquered our very sin and our very death, He justifies us with His life manifesting in us. And He will even justify us with uh, being born from the dead, meaning we will have an immortal human body. Glory to God. Well, thank you so much for listening. We've come to the end of this message. Um, I would just like to pray for those of you that need prayer. And if you have not received Jesus as your Lord, uh, I would like to pray with you. Father, I thank you that I can pray for people watching this right now. I thank that people are encouraged and blessed. I want to pray for people that's got sickness in their bodies. Thank you for justification. People that's got uh, sin in their lives. Thank you, Lord, that sin is not the issue anymore. You come and justify us by us believing that you've, got the, you've conquered our sin, conquered our death, and you justify us with life. Thank you for that, Father. You're an awesome God. You're a loving God. You're a caring God. Uh, if you have, people, if you have not received Jesus as your Savior, please pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, you have always loved me. You conquered my sin, and you conquered my death. I believe that you were raised from the dead and I receive the spirit that raised you from the dead and you raise me up right now into a brand new life. Your life is mine. My old life has passed away. I am forgiven, meaning that you're not angry, but I'm also being forgiven. You are setting me free. I have a brand new life. Amen and amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for 
watching. I want to just uh, thank everybody that uh, invited people to watch this webcast. Please share this uh, with some of your friends. Email the link to them. Share it on your Facebook page. Inbox people. Uh, message them in Facebook, WhatsApp, whatever you want to do. Just share this message. It will really impact some people's lives. I also want to thank people that give uh, to Dynamic Love Ministries and give on a regular basis. People that give uh, so that we can go and preach the gospel and share the gospel uh, all over the world. What a blessing your generosity is. Thank you for your, uh, your faithfulness in that area. I, I honor you. Thank you that we can, you know, we can go out as a team and minister this gospel. Well, I'll see you then next Sunday and God bless you.